The following was adapted from a sermon by Pastor Phil Hebner, delivered on the 26th of December in 2010 at Christ the King Church in Palm Coast, Florida. The stories and memories that come from Christmas are just priceless. Mothers cherish that moment that their daughter opens a special, personalized keepsake. Fathers fondly recall the days they stayed up well beyond midnight, assembling one of their son's new toys. All of us can remember, like yesterday, that one surprise gift that we got when we were little that made us do that little victory dance around the living room just because we were so, so excited. This is what we love about Christmas time. Christmas time is about family. Christmas time is when we make memories with our family. It is a time to cherish those we love and those that we are close to. It's a time to be thankful for those that we call family. That's what makes Christmas time so special. Christmas time is about family. And time is something that is in God's domain. As a God who is eternal with no beginning and no end, he stands outside the bounds of time. The Bible reminds us that with God, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. It is hard for us humans to understand, but God is not bound by the limits of time. He can see the past, present, and future all in the same moment. And as the one who created everything, including time, God knows the perfect timing for everything. There is no greater example than with his son, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul reminds us of this in Galatians 4. He writes, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a woman. When the time had fully come, when the time was just right and absolutely perfect, God sent his son. Jesus was born at a time when the Romans were in control of most of the entire world. The Romans were very structured, they were very smart, and the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, wanted to know exactly how vast his kingdom had become. He wanted to know how many people he could tax. So Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. This meant that a man named Joseph had to take his wife-to-be to his hometown of Bethlehem to register. There, Jesus was born just as Micah had prophesied 700 years earlier. Born to a virgin, just as Isaiah prophesied 700 years earlier. This was no coincidence. These same Romans were very strict with their laws and their rules. They invented a dreadful form of capital punishment that was only for the worst of the worst. The rebels, the disgraced slaves, and awful criminals. It was called crucifixion. This was the death that was waiting for the baby Jesus, just as Isaiah had prophesied 700 years earlier 
And David had prophesied 1,000 years earlier. This was no coincidence. Later on, when Christians were being persecuted by the Romans, they were actually able to flee to all corners of the earth on the very roads the Romans had built for commerce. As they fled, they shared the good news of Jesus everywhere they went. And when they were able to share the message with everyone in the world, because the language was still known by everyone, which was a remnant of Alexander the Great's kingdom before the Romans. Greek was then and, <clears throat> and was the language of the New Testament. These things are not some strange coincidence. God, who controls all time, knew the exact and precise time for Christ to enter the world. What a wise and powerful God we have. Therefore, Paul rightly says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a woman. He was born for two important reasons. First, says, Paul says that he was born under the law. God's laws are things that he demands. From, you shall have no other gods, to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, to you shall not commit adultery, to you shall not steal. These are God's commands, to put God first in our lives and to love toward one another perfectly. There's an interesting app that came out many years ago. The app was a Santa counter. Every time your child did something naughty, you pressed the bad button. Every time your child did something nice, you pressed the nice button. So if the display color was green, the scale is weighing toward the nice. If the color was red, then the child had done more things that are naughty. We won't even try to analyze the issues with the Santa naughty or nice meter, but imagine if God used this little piece of software to track everything we have done. What if God tracked on an iPhone all the times that you have been naughty. It's a good thing he is God because only he would be able to press the naughty button fast enough. But I don't need a mobile app to tell me. I've done plenty of bad things in my life, things I would not want you to know about. There have also been plenty of times that I have not done good things in my life. I was too apathetic, too afraid, or just failed to do God's will. This means I have broken God's laws. I have broken the laws more times than an iPhone could ever count. You have too. That means we are sinners. But this is why Jesus came into the world. He came to be born under the law. He came to be subjected to all the same demands and commands as everyone else. The difference is that Jesus is God. He came to do it perfectly. He came to live under his Father's laws and fulfill every command and to obey every demand. 
He came to live a perfect life in our place. That is the first part of Jesus' purpose and our salvation. Paul continues, God sent his son to be born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. The second part of our salvation is redemption. Jesus lived lived the perfect life for us that God demands, but our sins still needed to be settled. God says that the wages of sin is death. God says that the soul who sins is the one who will die. There is a price to pay and a punishment for disobeying a righteous God. It is death and hell. You see, the Santa Tracker app is so misleading. If you do naughty things in your life, if you commit sins, you don't just get a flashing red light that says that you're naughty. You don't lose out on Christmas presents from a jolly old man in a red suit. The reality is that if you sin and disobey God, you will die and go to hell. This is where redemption comes in. Jesus gave his life so that he could be our substitute. He carried the guilt of our sins. He suffered the fiery torture of hell. He died. That is God's demand. When there is sin, there must be death and bloodshed. So that is what Jesus did. He shed his blood and died to pay for all our sins. In doing so, he redeemed us. What a remarkable and unimaginable love from our God. At just the right time, he sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. God sent Jesus into this world at the perfect time to save us through his perfect life and his suffering and death in our place. The the result is mind-boggling. Listen to Paul. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. The result of our redemption through Jesus Christ is that we have been adopted into God's own family. He considers us to be his own dearly loved sons and daughters. Paul continues, Because you are sons, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. God, this Holy Spirit, has worked in our hearts to create faith and trust in Jesus. Through that faith, we have been adopted as children, and having the privilege of being called children, we can call our God Abba, or Father. Abba was an Aramaic term of endearment for fathers. So in other words, we can call out with love and trust to God as a little child calls out to his father here in this world. Everyone who is a parent here knows the passion they have for their children. A parent will do anything for their children, defend them, protect them, provide for them, give their life for them. How much more hasn't our Father in heaven done for us? He defends us, guides us, provides for us, protects us. He even sent his son to give his life for us. 
It gives new and special meaning to praying our Father in heaven. Even better, there is a special privilege that comes with being God's own dear children. Paul mentions it here in the last verse. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you an heir. We used to be slaves. We used to be slaves to sin, bound and chained to the wrong things that we have done and destined to die in a prison called hell. But having been redeemed through Jesus Christ, we are no longer slaves. We are his children, and his children, we now, and now as his children, we have now become heirs. Heirs always receive a gift. They didn't do anything special to get that gift. It was simply willed to them. When a person dies, the gift is transferred to the inheritor. When Jesus died, the gift of forgiveness was willed to us. The gift of a new spiritual life was given us. The gift of eternal life in heaven became our inheritance to receive. There is nothing special that we have done. There is nothing that we did to get it. It is our free gift through Jesus Christ. We love Christmas time because we love family time. We love to spend time with those whom we love. We love to enjoy the company of those whom we call family. God planned it the exact same way. Christmas time is about family. God sent his son Jesus to be born into this world so that he could live for us and die for us and thus make us part of his family. Celebrate Christmas time. Have fun with your families. Even better, celebrate Christmas time this year because God has made you part of his family. Amen. Please stand. Now may God our Father fill your heart with complete joy and peace as members of his family so that you overflow with confidence by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.